This is Gospel on the Ground, a podcast from Trinity Bible Church in Phoenix, Arizona. It's a collection of testimonies of Trinity members for Trinity members. Today's guest is Vicki Valdez. Vicki Valdez, thank you so much for your time coming in uh, th- this afternoon. As you know, we just sort of we spoke offline about what we're trying to achieve with this podcast, recording the testimonies of the people of Trinity for the people of Trinity. And uh, grateful to hear from you and your and your testimony. So maybe you can tell us just a little bit about yourself, some biographical information. Okay. So my family um, has been here, I don't know, I guess we were here since before Arizona was a state. So wow. every time I drive around town with my dad, and he's 90-something, it's a story about this corner, what used to be here, wow. over there was, and over here was, because he's been here since he was a child. Okay. So um, just always been part of the landscape here, born at St. Joseph's Hospital on 3rd Street and Thomas, or 3rd Avenue and Thomas, whatever direction that is. But was born at St. Joseph's and um, went to school out on the west side. Lived in, um, have lived in El Mirage all my life. Uh, mm. So I think since I was third grade, we moved into the house that my family is still living in. Mm. So just have always been part of the landscape here. Yeah, you know, watch all the growth, development, all of that. So yeah, I love yeah. I love that stability, deep roots. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. So tell us a bit about your your spiritual life. How did you become a Christian? Okay, so I was born and raised a Jehovah's Witness. Mm. My mom uh, became a witness as a, not a girl, but probably as a teenager, early 20s, Mm -hmm. a young adult. And um, she had two brothers and herself, I think there were six siblings, and the three of them became uh, Jehovah's Witnesses. So my other aunts didn't, but she did and her two brothers, so... We were always raised as a Jehovah's Witness. We really never, I never went to any other church. I had very little knowledge of any church. And then as we got older and started going out into the world and visiting cousins and spending the night, my mom just made it seem like if we even stepped on the grounds of a church, we would, I don't know, drop dead or something. Mm. I don't know. She just really put the fear of other churches into us Mm. and even just physical contact. So pretty much stayed away from it in school. We weren't really allowed to have friends come over. We mm-hmm. had each other. That's what she would tell us. Mm-hmm. I'm one of five siblings. And so um, just very secluded. Um, and so, uh, but always very active at the Kingdom Hall. Mm. We had studies in our home. We had studies with classmates and different people, went door to door every Saturday, Sundays when we could, went to assemblies all around the United States. Um, so just always very active in it. One of my sisters went to Bethel, which is their Mecca. Hmm. Um, my sister and my brother-in-law both, you know, they went to Bethel, and they went. Um, they became missionaries for the witnesses, and so they were very involved. We all were very hmm. involved. So, um, but there was always something missing for me, and um, I must have been about sixteen. I was sitting in my mom's kitchen at the table. And I had a New World Translation of the Holy Scriptures, you know, the Jehovah's Witness mm-hmm, Bible, mm-hmm. or version of the Bible, and was just sitting there and uh, read, opened the Bible and read John 14, mm. where it says, in my Father's house are many rooms, I go there to prepare a place for you that where I am, you know, you may be also. And it put, it lit such a fire in me, and I never really talked about religion with my mother, but 
she was cooking there in the kitchen, and I asked her, I said, who is he talking to here? Hmm. Because he was talking to me. Hmm. And I'd never really felt that way about Scripture. I'd never really hmm, thought of it. I was a teenage girl. Sure. And so um, she just said that it wasn't me. She That that Bible was for, that it was for the 144,000. Ah, right. And, but I was not one of the 144,000. So then my next question, how do you know whether or not you're one of the 144,000? Because I don't care. He's talking to me. <laughs> yeah. And she said, oh, no, you would know that you are or whatever. And so was giving me all these reasons. I thought, but you know what? That's not the God I see in the Bible. That's mm. not, how, how does he pick and choose and I said, what if somebody didn't know they were part of the 144,000? And how do people keep track of those numbers? And if Jehovah is Jehovah, why does he need the help of the society and, you know, their governing body? And mm-hmm. I'm like, isn't he big enough to do it on his own? And so I just had a lot of questions, and she was very uh, frustrated with me. Didn't I really answer my questions. And so I went away just unsatisfied, mm-hmm. but with that burning that had started in me. And then a couple of years later, I'm sure uh, my sister, who was my best friend, my closest sister, she's my, uh, she's a year younger than me. Mm-hmm. Um, she had some friends that were in FFA. Okay. And so he repeated what he heard his parents saying that, you know, the witnesses take everything out of context and, you know, different things like that. And mm-hmm. look, well, what does that mean? Yeah. What's take context? it out of context. <laughs> So then I started reading the Bible, and then I was like, oh, that's not what they're talking about. They're taking it out of context. Oh, that's not what they're saying. They're making it say what they want it to say. Looked at the Truth Book and some of the other publications that the Witnesses have, because they have a billion publications. Mm-hmm. And just everything I read, it was it was off. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm not even a scholar, and I, I know that this is wrong. Sure. And so um, eventually I would... Uh, get married mm-hmm. and leave home. And so that's where it really started. I had a, uh, I was going to beauty school at the time, you know, to learn to cut hair. And one of my classmates invited me to go to her church. So I went to church with her and just found something different than, you know, what I had learned with uh, witnesses. And um, it just started from there. Mm-hmm. I just was already in love with the Lord and just it, that, that has always just continued to grow. But even a few years later, I, uh, my family, uh, we, I became, um, uh, is it ostracized? What is the word when they separate themselves from mm-hmm. you? Mm-hmm. Shunned. Yeah. Well, yeah, they do that. Yeah. So they, um, um, I had lost contact with my family because I had left the church or left the witnesses. And so, um, it was just a period of just, I felt like I was alone, wandering, couldn't figure out where I was. Um, but I was going to a church at the time and somebody walked up to me and asked me how I'd gotten out of that cult. And I said, gotten out of the cult? And I thought, well, I didn't really do it. It's really the Holy Spirit. And it made me realize that my um, responsibility is to pray for people. I may not be able to talk them out of it, mm. but I know the Holy Spirit can does the work. Mm-hmm. And so why didn't I, you know, beseech the Holy Spirit on my behalf to do something that I may not be able to do. I t- in other words, I wanted to get Vicky out of the way and let the Holy Spirit do its work. Mm. So anytime I met someone who would ask me how I got out of the cult, I would say, you know what, I, I didn't do it, the Holy Spirit did it. Mm. So when you work in conjunction with the Holy Spirit, praying as needed and doing what you need to, sometimes you may need to explain something to someone like, 
taking things out of context. Sure. I have no idea what that meant. But once I figured it out, all of a sudden it made sense to me. And all the little things that I'd heard, everything you know, just started coming together and making sense. So it would be a really long time before I could um, – and. Uh, before I could like listen to a religious broadcast because it, I was so ingrained, had that those beliefs ingrained in me, I just had to give myself time to separate from it. But eventually, over time, just the the more time passed, it it just and the more it got into actually got into the word and studied it, um, the you know I would see something go, oh, yeah, this and you know the spirit working within you when you study, mm-hmm. when you start developing that relationship with the Lord. Um, he just reveals himself to you, and there's no denying it. Once the Lord, you know, shows himself to you, he he just, you know, between the Holy Spirit and just everything that you learn, the people that you're in fellowship with, the shepherding you receive from the body of Christ, um, it's just overwhelming. And the love of God is something that's undeniable. Mm. So, yeah, part of part of your testimony is there is that uh, even you were referring to the Holy Spirit being so in, in, involved in it. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, that looked like you reading the word and saying that this this doesn't just this isn't just saying facts. This is about me. Yeah, it was, <laughs> like it was very personal. It was very. Um, I don't want to say the word is freeing, but it becomes ingrained. It became ingrained in me, mm-hmm. so that to feel its loss or the separation, they always say, "Yeah, what's that saying that people have?" Um, if God is far away from you, who moved? Mm. You know, that, mm. that little saying. And every time I would feel like I was far from God, I go, well, I moved. How, how do I get back, you mm. know? Mm-hmm. So it always makes me conscious that it is possible to, but it's me. It's never the Lord. It's me, like, through my thoughts or my behaviors. Whatever I'm allowing to control me will control me. So, yeah. yeah. So as you have had that sort of increasing interest and appetite for the word mm-hmm. you you pour yourself more into that over time mm-hmm. what kind of a church was it that you began to go to uh actually the first church i went to was a church of christ okay they didn't have any music right so i just kept going from one thing to another that wasn't quite i mean i've been a seventh-day adventist um i've studied with the mormons um i've just done all, all kinds of things i even for a while even went into New Age mm-hmm. and studied that. There's a, a book, it looks like a Bible, reads like a Bible, but it's called A Course in Miracles okay. by Marianne Williamson. Okay. And so um, I was really using that as a Bible, reading it, studying it. There was some group that met once a week as, uh, when I lived in California. Mm. And so one day the Lord just said to him, my husband, my husband and I were trying to help set up a church for it. Mm. And just one day the Lord just said, Plain as day, he said, Vicky, the enormity of what you're doing. Mm. You don't even realize that you're, you know, just stop. Stop what you're doing. Mm. Stop with, you know, with the, with that Course in Miracles. And I just put it down and never picked it up again. Mm. I just put it down. and, But just in searching everywhere, searching and looking for something that would make me full and whole. When I'm looking at systems and not really just looking at the Lord. Mm. And so one day the Lord said, stop looking outward or you know sideways but look at me mm. concentrate on me look at me and so just got into like bible study centered bible study right you know we're just teaching the word and so when yeah. we finally ended up here that's what was so comforting is that 
we were studying the word. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, the, I think over the last couple of years, and probably a few years into the future yet, we're going to see uh, that there are cults that are sort of proliferating. And any time that there's such a cultural temperature as there is right now, people are looking for answers, and there are others who are more than happy to come up with some. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Mormonism uh, and Jehovah's Witnesses each kind of have this idea that like there's the the burning in the bosom. I know that this is true because I just I feel that it's true. Mm-hmm. And of course, we would have to say that well, your feelings aren't going to be the assurance of your faith. Yeah. So as you're going about from different different movements and studying even spirituality in general, how is it that you became so convinced of the truth of of scripture in a way that you had not been in those other cults? Um, just by actually uh, opening the Bible and actually taking a look at it, studying it line by line and just precept upon precept, you know, reading it in large sections, not just a sentence here, yeah. a sentence there. What comes before it, what comes after yep. it. Yep, you know, you have to take a look at the whole scripture and to really know, you know, what you're what you're looking at. So I've actually uh, went to seminary for a hair and studied Greek. Mm. Um, I'm looking forward to maybe someday going ahead and studying Hebrew. All right. And so when I have a question, I never ask another person. I go grab my my Greek in a learning year. Yeah. Pull it out, look at it, and uh, yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. so I'm, I'm the ultimate trust is uh, in in the word itself, not in trusting other people's interpretations. Sort of yeah. like that that Berean attitude. Yeah. Berean oh yes. Heart, Absolutely. Uh, which which we love and value and appreciate here. One of the things that I think people have found comforting about Christianity, mm-hmm. as it actually has always been taught. Is that it is a very long, deeply rooted faith. What we believe, we're really shooting for orthodoxy here. We're not trying to be creative, not trying to be new. In fact, if we are creative and new, we've we've done something wrong. Yeah. Um, we want to be uh, engaged with the apostolic faith from the Word that traces back to the beginning. Um, and so, being able to to say that uh, is is an encouragement to people. I think who are you know, coming up from from religious movements that have started like in the 1800s. Uh, you know, some people think that when they become Christians and they think, well, I've got this strong foundation of, of faith, which comes from the word. Uh, unfortunately, some people think that that means, well, now life is going to be easy. Uh, and so one of the questions that I'm asking folks in, in these uh, interviews is just, what have you had some struggles in your Christian life that you'd be willing to talk about or share um, recently, not recently. You know, I think about sometimes internally in the body, we might run into someone that we either don't like, don't agree with. We're all human. And I think the thing that I found to be true about that is that my deal is, and even though I do do it, my job is not to judge anyone or to say, but my job is to do what Christ did for me and put a hand out mm. and to come alongside that person and try to encourage and try to be an encouragement, a bridge. Uh, if if you can, you know, bring them understanding. Sometimes just because you're buttonheads, you're not going to, sure. you know, you close yourself off and all the human things that we do. But even if it's simply through prayer, mm. um and letting the Holy Spirit do its work. Um, I always tell people, you know, if somebody crosses your mind during the day, 
you need to stop and pray for that person, mm-hmm. whether or not you know, whether or not you think. It doesn't matter. I, I, I've always told people, it, I, it just they're crossing your mind for a reason. Mm-hmm. So just take that extra time and, and say that prayer. Yeah. Even if, no matter how quick it is, how fast it is. Um, yeah. And then check on your brother. Find out what's going on, your sister. Find mm-hmm. out what's going on. So. Yeah, the, the church obviously has played an important part, as you've alluded to, in uh, being able to interpret Scripture in a community of faith. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and just being encouraged by other brothers and sisters. But yeah, the, the church is uh, made up of sinners. Oh, yeah. Repentant sinners, yeah. but sinners nonetheless. Yeah. And so uh, as, as important and vital as it is to get involved in it, uh, not always the easiest thing. Oh, yeah, no. You don't know whose toes you're going to step on or... But you know what? The Lord equips you what He sends you to do. He equips you for it. Yeah. So, and it's and it's a family. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah we are. Yeah. <laughs> we sure. Are. So, what are what are some things that you've been encouraged by uh, in your Christian life as well? Maybe just in the last few years, things the Lord's been teaching you or that you've witnessed. I think with um, actually being here at Trinity, it's brought me back to. I think just the family as a whole. Um, just the love that is here. And not only that, but the love that's between believers. Mm-hmm. I work in a call center. Mm-hmm. So sometimes Christianity will come up. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like without having to say it, um, I, I I just say to like people that I know are believers, if I don't see you later, I'll see you later. Mm. In other words, I'll see you in heaven. Mm. You know, you'll see me again or... Um, just things like that, that it doesn't, um, I don't know how to explain it. I worked at a, one of the companies I worked at, there was a, a lady that, and um, I had heard over the weekend that there was a family whose, um, they left the kids in an apartment unattended, mm. and it burned down. Mm. And so like three or four kids were killed in the fire. And so... About a week later, I'm on the phones early in the morning, and I get a call from a lady, and she sounds kind of not all there, and so I started praying, and then it turned out that she was their grandmother mm. of the of those children that had died in that fire, and so we started talking a little bit about it, and and just you know how do you cope with it? How do you, what do you? And um, I had a few years before um, had a, a family member that had died. He was pretty young, and uh, it was it was real tragic. But having gone through that grief, it kind of equipped me mm. to be able to tell her, you know, check this, this, and this, do that, that, and that. So not only from a Christian perspective, but just from a human perspective to, mm. you know, you're going to go through this, this, and this. And so um, – there was a supervisor who heard me mm. talking to her, so mm-hmm. I got called into HR. And sure. La 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 la, and uh, they said if we ever hear you talking on the phones again to a, a customer like that, we'll we'll let you go immediately. Ooh. And so I was like, well, I said what I can tell you is that the Lord, I, I the Lord found me this job, and so I was looking for a job when I found this one, and I really believe the Lord got me this job. Mm. So whatever you feel you guys need to do, do it. And I worked there probably another four or five years. I actually quit and we moved back here to Arizona. Mm. So I didn't get fired, but I started instead of, you know, oh, well, oh yeah, I'm a Christian. I go to this and that church. I would just start saying, you know, if I don't see you, 
now I'll see you later. Mm. And, you know, so just like that. And it just seemed like everybody always knew what I was saying. Sure. When, uh, and so I think that's part of the body of Christ, mm. that we have that commonality, that we have that, we let the spirit mm-hmm. connect us. So do I know what they believed individually and what their walk was? No. Mm. But it was still a comfort to me to be able to connect that way mm. without having to outright say it. Because you never know what people's lifestyles are what they're you know what they're going to go through um and then there was a mission trip i went on to um morocco mm. and in those countries it's they, a muslim country right? they will just outright kill you yeah, yeah the authorities in that country will their citizens their own citizens they'll they'll execute them for mm. you know for talking to christians and so um we went and they called it a teaching, uh, like a teaching mission. So we weren't really there to, you know, hold a revival or anything right. like that. But we still spoke to people. They knew that we were American and therefore associated with Christians mm-hmm. just automatically. But and I remember thinking, what about the people that are just American? <laughs> They're not mm-hmm. Christian. Mm. Mm-hmm. But um, so ran into that a lot, and uh, it's almost—it's not really like a secret language or anything like that. But it's almost like a like a secret language, like a code or a feeling or yeah. a, there's just a unity among believers. The Holy Spirit in you and the Holy Spirit oh, yeah. in me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it was just cool. And I had never really experienced that type of, um, but it's just been a blessing to know that it's out there, to know that it exists. Mm. And because of the high level of, I guess, danger in that country, and we actually, when we got there, uh, it was kind of like real cloak and dagger. Somebody was given half a phone number, the other person on the team given the other half of the number. Wow. We had the name of the person that we would contact if anything happened to us, and we could mm. contact someone. Uh, we had that first and last, you know, like somebody had the first name, somebody had the last name, somebody had half the phone number, somebody had the other half of the number. Um, and then I remember there was some kind of um, a meeting that we had, you know, and uh, I, we actually met the guy mm. who was our garter who would come and rescue us if anything happened mm-hmm. so um and to know that that at least in you know that church or that denomination that that's how they they really there really is somebody who's going to come and save you like in the movies <laughs> yeah so um but i thought why wouldn't the lord mm. you read about david and his mighty men and mm. why should it just be for that time and we're talking about the lord god here who mm. just you know breathed and we came to life i yeah. mean so why not? So just seeing that type of, um, I don't know, just within the body, yeah. the overall body that, yeah. yeah. I'm encouraged by even that story in, in the call center, uh, yeah. a, a real reliance upon the sovereignty of God, almost, oh, yeah. almost like the apostles when they're saying like, I mean, I can I can obey you, God, or I can obey you. Yeah. Um, if you have to fire me, you got to fire me. Yeah. <laughs> do yeah, what I you got to do. Go ahead, do whatever you need to do. Oh, and it was really funny because the HR person that was working with us, and the Lord really compelled me to say, and I was like, uh-huh. and so um, I looked at her and I told her, just be very careful about what you do, because you still have to answer to him someday. Mm. I said, you know, you just got everybody's got to be really careful because you you will there will be a day of reckoning. So, yeah. you know, you just want to be careful. Yeah. You know, I'm, make I'll, sure you're serving the right. <laughs> yeah, I'll submit to your authority in the short term, but yeah, longer term, there's a bigger thing yeah. going on here. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, anything else that you'd you'd like to talk about? You'd like people to know? Not really. Just serve God. Really serve Him. Look into His Word every day. Develop that relationship with Him. And 
not only just sitting down on your couch reading it, but when the times get really hard and something really shakes you or there's something comes along that would just rattle you or normally just really, that's really throw yourself on him at that time. Um, remember, we already read the ending of the book and we win. <laughs> and so while I'm not saying just be, uh, what would the word be? about Satan, our enemy. Um, he's a, It's a serious threat. It's a serious thing that's happening with him, so not to treat him lightly. Yeah, but he is defeated. But he is. He yeah. definitely is. And so you want to... Um, you want to just know that we are we are on the winning side. We've already won. It's already a done deal. Yeah. And don't let Satan... Uh, don't let him steal that from us. Don't let him take that or shake it or, you know. And if... Um, just as you can help other people to have the understanding that you have, or if you're not quite sure, if you are believing the right thing, get into a good study or meet, mentor with someone or have someone mentor you. Um, I would say, don't forget if somebody crosses your mind during the day, pray for them, uh, check on them, find out what's going on, if there's anything you can do or help with. And even though they may say, oh, no, everything's fine, like we always do, our standard <laughs> answer, everything's great. Oh, right, yeah, right. no, there's nothing going on. <laughs> um, that may encourage them to come out and to, to say, even if it's not to you, they may say it to somebody else who can who can help or, you yeah. know. Not, yeah, I can't even tell you how many times um, I, I've needed a moment of prayer and then I've heard afterwards that someone had prayed for me. Oh, yeah. And we sort of line up the clocks and like, well, oh, lo and behold. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> like I knew when I was, well, no, I didn't know. When I was 16 and sitting at my mom's kitchen table reading that passage in John, no, I didn't know. But it has occurred to me since then that uh, somebody had to be praying for me. And mm. the only people who knew that I was even alive was my family. Mm. And so... Later on, I would go to a family funeral, and it turned out that I have like three or four pastors on my dad's side of the family who, mm. the, who I'm not that familiar with. But uh, I've got, uh, I know my two cousins and one of my families, they're both pastors. One of them's a pastor at a church in Mesa. Mm. And so I even had a family that I didn't know was, you know, I had no idea yeah. that they were pastors or anything of that nature. Hmm. I always thought well, that we were by ourselves and, well... Because that's what I was sure. trained to believe, to, yeah. you know. But, uh, yeah, just just throw yourself at the feet of the Lord and rely on Him totally. And He's able. He's way more than able. And those aren't just words. That's reality. Mm. That really is. That's good. Yeah. Well, thanks for your time, Vicki. Appreciate Thank you coming in. I'm going to shout out to Murray. She's in the room, too. <laughs> Not on mic. <laughs> cool. All right. Thank you guys so much. Appreciate it. You're very welcome. Thanks. Thanks.